No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Season 1, Episode 11, Pulling the Trigger Once I knew that the wedding certificate was officially recorded... I knew that I had lost my out, and so I just needed to stay optimistic and hope that everything would be okay moving forward. Ben had agreed to go into an outpatient treatment facility for steroid abuse. Things seemed very normal and pretty uneventful the following weeks after the wedding. Royce, Lexi's father, was coming up from California to visit, and let's just say that the relationship between Royce and Ben was never very good. As you all know, Ben was jealous and very protective, and although Royce was all the way down in California, Ben had no problem with constantly starting shit. Royce, Lexi's dad. Out of the blue, out of nowhere, I get a text message one day from from him. Not saying who it is or whatever it is, but I was talking about what's personally going on with, with our daughter. And so there was a whole lot of trash talk uh, that was really our first interaction. And then meeting each other, you know, I, I, I didn't put much effort in. Keep it cordial. Keep it cordial. Keep it pushing. We got kids around and getting into an argument with somebody like that. It was pointless to me to put my energy into. I still felt a bit of a disconnect between Ben and Daisy's relationship regarding Opal. I felt like I was always encouraging Ben to call and check up on her. And even when I would see the message exchange between the two of them, I could see how mean he was to Daisy. Daisy, Opal's mother. First big fight was Christmas of, it would have been 2009. I remember you went to his father's and his father's wife's home. So that was, yeah, so that was after. That was the first uh, visit were for them to see her, I believe. For them to see her, yeah. She was not quite two, I believe. I was actually arguing with him on the phone. And I'm like, you you don't even know her. She doesn't even know him. Like, like you're going to just give your child to some man exactly. she doesn't even know. Yeah. He always tried to make it about us. And I was like, we, there's no us. There's nothing us. It was just the way that he could hold the power. You know, I was like, our conversations are about our daughter. That's it. There's, there's no reason to be jabbing at me about, you know, whether I'm working or, you know, what my medical, you know, whatever. Like, he, he took so many jabs at me. Over the last few months, it had been a pretty stressful time, but I noticed that unless I told Ben he should try to make a time to reach out and actually talk to his daughter or even just ask to visit, it seemed like I had to initiate it every time. Thankfully, Daisy was kind enough to actually bring Opal to our wedding. We had family photos taken with all three girls. I feel like that was very important for her and a memory that she could look back on. Opal would have a photo to keep as a memory the time she actually was around her father. 
Little did I know then that things would get extremely rocky between Ben and Daisy regarding Opal. You see, if Daisy didn't do what Ben wanted, he would use threats of calling CBS to make her afraid and try to convince her to do what he wanted her to do. He would tell me what he was doing and he would laugh it off, but he would also tell me stories about how unfit she was. Because Ben and my relationship had gotten rocky over that time, I did not participate in the visits so much towards the end there. Although we were married in July, we decided to wait to go to Italy until September. I was extremely nervous to leave the kids, but I knew that Ben and I really needed this time away to create new happy memories. By the end of August, I was ready to start packing the items for our honeymoon. I was clearly excited and I could not wait to see Positano and the Amalfi Coast. As I was searching through the house for items on my packing list, I climbed up onto the counter to look into a basket of random items that I kept on top of the refrigerator. And when I lifted the basket up, I saw that a cell phone was lying there. The basket must have been resting on top of it. I didn't recognize it at all, and I knew it wasn't an old phone that Lexus and I ever had. I picked up the phone and flipped it open. It looked like one of those burner flip phones, like the ones you can buy at the grocery store or an electronics store, maybe even a gas station. I thought for sure it was probably dead and I would have to charge it before I could figure out whose phone it was. But sure enough, as soon as I flipped it open, it lit up. That's yep. the worst. I found phones too. You did? Oh yeah, in his car. Like okay, I yeah. went downstairs while he was sleeping and I opened the middle part and I was like, oh yeah, no, you don't need that. I took it. <laughs> I couldn't get no. on it though. No, I couldn't get on it. not need that. Yeah, no. He blamed it on Sydney and said it was a phone that he got from work or something and he let her play with it. Yeah. So I see it. I open it. It powers on. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, cool. I My mind doesn't even go there. I'm not like, my heart doesn't start beating fast, nothing. Because that is the furthest thought from my mind. But and you didn't feel like it's underneath a basket though. That's but, not weird. But I, no, because I was thinking who would, why would he ever hide something right there? Like, I don't know. Like you think that he would hide it somewhere, not in the public area, like a kitchen? <laughs> True, but you are short. So True. I like, she never it makes- has to be the reason. <laughs> Right? That has to be the reason. He must Not be like, there. yeah, but little does he know, I'm jumping up on my kitchen counter all yeah. the time, Ben, okay? I went straight to where the phone log was and I only saw one number. Next, I checked the text message log. As I started to read through the messages, I felt absolutely confused about whose phone this was. There was a name entered for the incoming text. But I was still clueless who the outgoing texts were from, so I kept reading the messages. There were so many messages on this thread. I was hoping that through the messages, I would see one or the other call each other by name and I could figure out whose phone this was. But the more and more I read, nothing that they were speaking about sounded familiar to me whatsoever. There were talks about a trip to Mexico. There was back and forth messages asking each other questions like they were actually getting to know each other. And although the talk about planning a trip to Mexico in the very near future was throwing me off, I very quickly realized that this is definitely a man and woman getting to know each other. There was flirting and talk of a trip that they were recently on. I tried to think about how Ben could be involved in this, but I couldn't come up with a timeline where Ben was away on some trip recently. We were just married and we were always together. When could he have made extra time to have seen this woman? 
Whoever it was, this person was clearly planning a full-on trip with this woman next month to Mexico. It couldn't be banned because we would be in Italy for two weeks and there was no way he could miss a month of work. Maybe this could be Jen's phone. She had moved out about a year ago. I decided to look at the dates when the calls and the messages were made. All of them were pretty dang recent, spanning from late June to yesterday. Holy fuck. The last weekend of May, Ben was out of town with his friend on his last-minute Las Vegas trip. That motherfucker. Just had this, this wedding, this very lovely, you know, sentimental, reading each other our vows in front of everyone. And so my mind wasn't going directly there. Is there any, like, sexting or anything like that? Or is it pretty it, innocent? No, it's, it's fairly innocent. He's telling her how pretty she is. She sends a photo and I'm just like, this is the person, okay. You were so hurt and devastated when you were pregnant and <sighs> that Vegas trip happened. So was it the same kind of devastation or are you just like, I'm so no. fucking over this, I'm over no. it. It was devastating in a different way. I had my confidence back and I, looked better yeah because you looked great after sydney oh my Thank gosh you. i've seen pictures like your bod was rocking <laughs> it looked so you. good you know what it was that revenge and body. you started yeah right and then you started your new company so yes. you were like up here i was back to being me instead of feeling like i'm falling apart it was rage this time it was rage and definitely the adrenaline rush I quickly grab my laptop and I start to enter the phone number. I didn't recognize what area code the first three numbers were from. I enter the full number into the good old Google search box and bam, I find her. This bitch resides in Canada. I have her name and her phone number now, so I try to find anything else I can online before I pull the trigger and physically call her. Her name appears in black bold letters within the search findings. She's mentioned as a staff member employed by a Canadian company. I click on the link, hoping it's really her. I see that the cell phone number from the burner phone matches the contact number on the website. I feel like the world is spinning around me a million miles a minute, and I realize that I need to take a minute and gather myself and my thoughts before I call her. I pour a glass of wine and go over what I'm going to say to her, so that I don't come across as a crazy woman that she hangs up on. Okay, once I think I have it all together, I knew it was time to call her. I see the dates and it has to be Ben. I just grab my laptop, plunk in the number, bada bing, bada boom. Biatches in Canada. Biatches in Canada. I dialed the number directly from the burner phone, hoping she would think that I was Ben and answer. She does. I immediately introduce myself to this woman as Ben's wife. And I tell her that I've just found this phone hidden and I would really like to know who she is and what kind of relationship she's having with my husband. She pauses and she stumbles over her words a bit. She then goes on to explain to me that they had met recently in Las Vegas while he was on a boy's trip and that she was on a girl's trip. She said he approached her and said that he was single. I then asked her if she knew that we were recently married and that we have a child and live together. She says she did actually ask him if he had any children and he said no. 
She said they spent the next few days together. And when I asked her if anything got physical between them, she started to get awkward and told me that she would need to speak to him first before telling me anything else. I reminded her that he is the one who was cheating on his wife and lying to her, and that as women, we should have each other's back. That's when she told me that Ben had mentioned a recent breakup with his ex who was absolutely crazy. I tried my best to keep her on the phone, but she said she needed to call him right away and see what he had to say. And what was her initial reaction? Was she like, are you fucking kidding me? She was <laughs> married, yeah. like shocked. She was so caught off guard that it was a woman's voice and not his. Yeah, like what? Yeah. And I think I stumbled over my words because I was so angry and I was adrenaline and I, you know, I just tried to get it out and I kept telling myself to calm down and not be so overwhelming while speaking to her. So she doesn't want to hang up on me and think I'm crazy. I was sincere. Yeah. I was kind, but she got nervous when I started asking more questions. It was like, I just need to talk to him. Because you had asked if they slept together. And then she was like, I need to talk to him to see. Yeah, I was like, Did I mean, she's basically happen? like yeah. saying, let me get some verbiage from him. <laughs> He's going to feed her, like, just say we're friends, just say And whatever. I don't know, and at that point, I'm like, maybe she does know about me. I realized her way of contacting him was on that phone. He wasn't stupid enough to give her his actual cell phone number because he knew that I would see it. Well, at least now I could strategize and come up with a plan to call him out before she could reach out to him and tell him that I had called her. Ben returns home from work and I tell him that I received a call from this woman who told me everything about their encounter in Las Vegas. Ben looks scared immediately and he starts stumbling over his words. I tell him that he needs to tell me exactly what happened while he was there and he better not lie because I know this woman would not go out of her way to make up some bullshit story. This is her way to communicate. This is their way to communicate. Oh, that's right. She can't contact him. Yeah, I just wanted to watch him when he walked in the door to see if he would go to the refrigerator. And I remember at one point he does and it's not there. And did he check? Yeah. Ben proceeds to tell me that when he is down in Vegas, his friend Doug had invited a handful of his other friends as well and that he didn't even know that was going to happen. Ben thought it was just going to be him tagging along with Doug for his work trip. Next, he tells me that while he and a bunch of his friends are at the pool, all of the guys decide to drop Molly. Molly is the pill that you swallow. It's a hybrid version of the drug ecstasy. And supposedly, Ben's friends convince him to try it. And so he does. He says it makes everyone overly friendly, but that he did nothing wrong. However, there was a group of girls in the cabana next to theirs at the pool, and that Doug, a groomsman in our wedding, had hit it off with one of the women. The thing is, Doug had just proposed to his girlfriend, Jenny, so I was skeptical of Ben's story. They seemed very much in love. I tell Ben that I don't believe him and that I think his story is bullshit. Ben gets angry and defensive and says that his friend did hook up with this girl and then afterwards he realizes what a huge mistake he had made. Doug supposedly blows off this woman repeatedly as she tries to get a hold of him and after multiple attempts, Ben says that she contacted him so that he could help her get in touch with Doug because she found out she is pregnant. Was there a big fight when you're like, what the F is this? Did oh, he yeah. just, that's not me, I didn't do it. He's like, are you kidding me? We just got married. Blames it all on his friend Doug, who was a groomsman at our wedding, who allegedly got this woman pregnant and is ghosting her. Doug's like major fucking douche, by the way. We've talked about this douchebag before. He's the douchiest meathead you've ever seen in your life. 
Actually, his friend is even, his friend's the douche. Worse? Oh, you know who I'm talking about? Dark hair? Uh, I don't think I've ever met him, but I've seen pictures. That's the douchiest of the douchey. Thinking about it, that is what he did with Daisy. He, he told me the story, the exact story of what happened with him ghosting Daisy. I mean, she didn't get pregnant, right? She wasn't, in fact, pregnant, right? No, she was not. Okay. Ben swears up and down that he is not lying to me and that his friend is begging and pleading with him to communicate with this woman for him so that his fiance Jenny would not find out what he had done. I was also good friends at the time with Jenny and if this was indeed the truth, was I supposed to tell her what I'd found out or keep this to myself and be a terrible friend? My gut told me not to believe what Ben was telling me. I knew what I had to do if I really wanted the truth. I needed to call Doug. Doug didn't answer so I left him a message. I'm guessing that Doug probably reached out to Ben to double check if anything was going on before he returned my phone call. I did, however, receive a text from him asking me what was up. I told him what Ben had told me about the Vegas trip and that Ben said Doug had got this woman pregnant. Doug does not respond to me again. I just wonder what Doug standing there as a groomsman was thinking when my sister who officiated looks at all of the the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and she says you all and you all in the audience are responsible to make sure that they their marriage grows and they love and respect each other you are here to witness and you know and call them out and i think it's like guy code yeah and that was the email that i found when i opened his laptop and And that was huge for me to hear that yes so i'd open that because imagine everything i went through with this Exactly. You lost friends. I opened his laptop. I so saw betrayed. the email thread between him and Doug profusely apologizing for throwing Doug under the bus and please forgive me. So at this point, Doug's probably like, oh my God, what did he tell her? This is crazy. That's when his silence starts to really piss me off. So I send another text that says, your lack of response makes me believe that this could be true. And if it is, you need to tell me the truth. If I don't hear back from you, I'm going to reach out to Jenny and tell her what's going on. You have two days. Could Doug possibly have done what Ben said he did? Is that why he's not responding? If so, I thought he would be a lot more reactive and scared that I might tell his fiance the truth, but he didn't say a word to me. Therefore, I could only assume that Ben was lying and Doug really has nothing to lose because it isn't the truth. Two days later, still nothing. I am so furious at this point. I decide to reach out to Jenny and tell her what Ben had told me. She deserves to know the truth, even if this indeed is all false. I do not want my girlfriend to marry a man who has cheated on her and is having another baby with another woman. I would only hope that my friends would be honest with me about something this serious. Jenny is shocked and says that she's going to get to the bottom of this. I wait a few days and she never responds to me again either. I now realize that although I was risking my friendship with Doug and anyone else involved to be honest and protect Jenny, both her and Doug had chosen to stay out of it. They both knew the truth and decided to protect Ben and leave me out in the cold. Because when I came on the scene, he didn't hang out with any of those guys anymore. That must've been why. So I think they all just said, F you, we don't want anything to do with you. And well, you know what happened? In. You know what happened to Doug? He was engaged before he got married to this last woman, uh-huh. um, who Jenny, who I was friends with, and you 
became friends with later. And um, so he was engaged previously and right before their wedding, she cheated on him with her boss or something while she was on her bachelorette party. And he finds out he's heartbroken. The wedding gets canceled last minute. He is devastated. And so look what happens. Like, but yet you're there to witness it all and you guys don't stop him. Because then I find out, I might find out a few weeks after. I think it's five weeks after the wedding I find out. But this happened. See, and Ben tells me. A few weeks before. Before the wedding. So your story is what Ben told me happened to him. That five weeks after the, the wedding, he found out that you cheated. He flipped it. He flipped the stories completely. Our honeymoon was approaching and I had no answers. I wasn't sure if I could go on the trip to Italy. I decided to tell Ben that I was canceling the trip. In reality, I had actually decided to go on this trip all by myself. He would find out later when I returned. I had already had the kids taken care of with my family while I was gone. Unfortunately, Ben found out five days prior and told me he was going on this trip no matter what. After reaching out to this woman again, using my own cell phone, I decide to call her work line. There was no answer, so I leave a voice message. A few days pass, and I still hadn't heard anything back from her either. Finally, the day before our trip, she texts me and says that she has spoken to Ben and to never contact her again because Ben explained to her that I was his crazy ex who begged to get married, but that he would never propose to me, so I lost my shit, went psycho, and then he ended things with me. Oh, hell no. Expect a woman to be honest with me, but when you're dealing with Ben, you know that he feeds them so many lies and stories ahead of time, just in case, that when she doesn't want to come clean and acts like I'm the crazy one, it makes me even more angry. I was doing my best to figure it out before I left. And so, so he still denied at that point that he was married. Yes. Yep. But did you lose your shit with her? <laughs> or were you uh, like, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, I was not polite. I was not polite. I, I wasn't screaming at her, but I was just like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Are you that big of a, like, a fucking moron? Like, go on social media. I have wedding photos. I told her that. Go on our Facebook. Go on his. Have you even looked us up? I was like, look at everything. We're married. Enraged, I run up the stairs to our bedroom, I go into our walk-in closet, and I rip down all of his clothes and carry handfuls of his belongings downstairs. I open the front door and I throw all of his things into the front yard. I didn't give two shits who saw what I was doing. Ben was obviously trying to make everyone think I was crazy anyway, so fuck it. I didn't care if my neighbors thought I was crazy too. He was lucky I didn't light a match and set it on fire like Angela Bassett did in the movie Waiting to Exhale. But believe me, I undoubtedly thought about it. Grabbed all of his shit out of the closet. That's what I did next. Oh, you did? Oh, God, yes. All of his belongings, his shoes. Okay. I opened up the window and I chucked his shoes in the front yard. <laughs> and then Love I it. had handfuls of his clothes. And I was running up and down the stairs, dumping Done. them. And it probably took me like an hour. I, all the stuff out of the drawers, everything. It was already dark outside when I see Ben pull into the driveway as I'm throwing the last of his things out. He jumps out of the car panicked, yelling at me to stop. I had already forwarded him the text that his mistress had sent me. I had nothing else to say to him. I walked inside and locked the front door while Ben was furiously gathering his belongings sprawled across the front lawn. I went upstairs to my bedroom, feeling physically and emotionally exhausted. 
I locked the door, laid down on my bed, and passed out. Fuck you, you're not taking my room this time, motherfucker. I went yeah. upstairs, shut my door, locked it, locked and I it. passed out. And you would think that like I'd be so upset that I would be able to sleep, but I was exhausted because I was so mad. Not sad, but furious. Yeah. It had eaten up every little bit of ounce of energy I left, and we were leaving the next day. In the morning, I made my way downstairs and saw Ben sleeping on the couch. I was hoping that shady asshole would have had the decency to leave and stay somewhere else, but no, there he was, and I could not stand the sight of him. Finally, the day had arrived, and I was finally going to get to see the beautiful Amalfi Coast in Italy. I needed this trip more than ever. Ben still had refused to cancel his plane ticket and said that he was going and that there was nothing I could do about it. He was determined to keep his fake story going about Doug being the one having the affair. He begged me to believe him and continued to overwhelm me with loving words and gestures. I didn't buy into any of it. The day before we flew out, I made sure to make my Facebook page public. All of the wedding photos were uploaded and viewable to whomever might want to look me up. My thought was that if Ben and I are in Italy and he has no way of contacting this woman for the next two weeks, she will obviously know something is going on and start to do some digging. And although I couldn't stand the sight of Ben and I kissing or even touching in these photos, I decided that I would definitely make one of our wedding pictures my main Facebook profile picture. I wasn't going to make myself look crazy anymore by reaching out to anyone again. Ben was done making me look like a fool. This was my last effort to try and bait this woman in hopes that she might actually tell me the truth. Looking back now, I realized that I really didn't need her to tell me anything. I should have trusted my instincts and been done with it. But being young and bullheaded, for whatever reason, I needed to hear the words from this woman's mouth. Were you in your mind thinking, done, getting a divorce? Oh, yes. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Did he know this at this time or was yeah. he still trying to beg and plead? And oh, he like... was begging, pleading and still denying it. Italy was absolutely stunning and everything I thought it would be. The weather was gorgeous on the southern coast and the city of Positano was breathtaking. I was so excited to get to learn the culture and meet new people. But Ben made sure that did not happen. Ben purposefully created this tough guy, unapproachable energy around us so that no one would talk to us or even look at me. Not sure if y'all recall this, but it's called peacocking. Even while on the flight to Naples, people would ask if he was a professional football player. He had clearly been juicing and been on steroids the last five to six months by that time, so he looked huge. Ben loved the attention. I hated it. I'm a social and friendly woman, but with Ben next to me, no one would even start a conversation with us. All the people who travel and backpack, train to train to train from country to country, everybody is normally so friendly. None of that. I remember sitting there at a table and somebody said something, he's just like, don't talk to her. Nobody. Well, he's extra on the defensive because yes. he knows he just got caught cheating. I think when people cheat, they assume the other person's going to cheat and they get like extra paranoid about it or something. I don't, I don't understand that, but so he was all juiced up as well. Super steroided out. So people were thinking he was a NFL player. So he was yes. eating that up and Loving I'm so it. great. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was, were you getting along or was it just kind of tolerating? Tolerating and just trying to absorb all of Italy that I could and enjoy it for what it was worth and just be happy that I was away after 
After a week into our trip, I either had a horrible flu or I ended up getting a severe case of food poisoning. I was deathly sick. Thank goodness for the bidet in our bathroom because while I was sitting on the toilet, I was vomiting in the bidet. I became so weak that I couldn't even walk. Ben had to carry me back and forth from the bed to the bathroom. He even had to undress me and carry me into the shower to bathe me. I was only getting worse each day and Ben was getting really scared. He tells me that he has to leave me for a little bit so that he can walk into town and try to find a pharmacy. He heads out and returns about an hour later. He had to wash me off in the shower. I couldn't even move. I couldn't walk. I, Did you guys go to the hospital? There's no hospital there. So we would have had to go through the windy, crazy roads all the way back into the main city, which was a few hours away. And I couldn't even be transported. I couldn't even, I couldn't even like walk without being vomiting. I couldn't sip water. I couldn't do anything. So by the third day is when he goes and walks into town to just to the pharmacy and where they try to help me there. I mean, I've been very sick before, but this was a different kind of sick. Am I going to leave Italy? Am I going to die? And Ben thought I was going to die. He cried. He was scared. If I, were, if I remember correctly, I think he told me he was the one that got deathly ill. God. Like, why? Why do you make up such stupid stories? So it was you that got sick, not him. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. It was me. I was in and out of consciousness those last few days. So when Ben arrived, he saw me sleeping and came to sit next to me. He starts talking to me and I slowly wake up. But I was too weak to move or even open my eyes, but I could hear him. That's when I realized that while Ben is talking to me, he thinks that I am still asleep. Ben tells me in a teary voice how much he loves me and that he can't live without me. He then starts to pray. And while crying, Ben begs God to please help me. He says that... He's so sorry for everything he has done to me and that he knows he doesn't deserve me, but that he swears to God that from this day moving forward, he will do anything and everything to make things right with me and to be a better person. I am unable to say anything and everything goes dark again and I drift asleep. A few hours later, I wake up again. I open my eyes and see Ben sitting there. He eagerly talks to me and shows me the things that he got for me from the pharmacy. Ben sits me up and has me take the medication. Next, he tells me the pharmacist says that I need to slowly drink the entire contents from the bottle that he's holding. Ben says the contents are packed with electrolytes and other things to help with my severe dehydration. I do my best to keep most of it down. You talked about like the night before you started getting better, he thought you were sleeping and he was praying and saying how much he loved you and that he was so, so sorry. Yeah, when he came back from the pharmacy, he was talking to me, thinking I'd wake up, but I was just so, so ill. And then he got really scared. And I just remember like kind of falling asleep and then waking up and hearing him talking and praying. And he was crying and begging God, like to forgive him for what he had done to me. And if you make her better, I swear I'll be a better person, please. I am terrible and I'll do anything. Just tell me God what I have to do. I'll do anything and I'll be the person that she deserves. And, and it wasn't a show, like it was real and he was very scared. Yeah. And that's what like, you just think, okay, there's a good person in there somewhere. I know. Somewhere. It's always it's having those to little... do with when I'm sick. Yeah. Why do I have to get deathly ill? Right. With like but the spider bite, the this, the yeah. that. That's what just doesn't last. 
-hmm. it doesn't he's a he is a nurturer like when i went through ivf like he was there by my bed like just so supportive and yeah he likes to take care of people but it doesn't last after another two days i'm finally strong enough to get up and move around on my own Sadly, after five days of being sick, we only had one day left before returning home. On our last night, Ben and I made our way down the multiple stairs and pathways of Positano and found a small, beautiful restaurant. The tables were outside and situated on a cobblestone patio. Lights were strung above us and a single candle was lit on each table. I sat there reflecting on what had transpired those past few days. I knew how scared I was when I felt like I was on death's door. I thought about how Ben took care of me and the tearful promise he made with God. After dinner, we made our way back to our hotel. Ben reached down and grabbed my hand. I let him. In my mind, I knew that I would have to deal with reality when we arrived back home. But for now, I wanted to pretend that we were a happy couple spending the last night of our honeymoon together. We even made love that night. I knew deep down that this would be the last time we were close. I felt like we both knew that we were in a sense saying goodbye to one another. All of Ben's lies would have unraveled and the truth would be waiting for us as soon as we returned home. He never tells me or alludes or brings up ever again what he had said to me when he thought I was sleeping. Mm. I always wondered if he would say, any of those things to me. I love you. Like I was so scared. Like I was praying to God, like even in a joking way, he never says it. He keeps it to himself. That was a very mm. private moment that I got to witness. That's why I think that last night with him, it just exactly what you said. It showed me that there is that person that wants to be good, but it, it doesn't sustain and it doesn't last very long. Yeah, so like the next night yeah. you did feel better. So I guess on the third day, yeah, is when I could actually move around and try to eat something when we went to the restaurant. And so were you feeling kind of a soft spot for him, like more like forgiving? But then you had mentioned that, okay, we went to dinner and we were a little bit not probably yeah. intimate that night. But then you kind of knew it was like a goodbye almost. Like yeah. in your mind, you still were like, yeah, yeah no, I can't, I'm not doing this. He knew everything was going to come apart. And he said, let's just move away. Let's just go. And he begged me, let's just move. We'll move. As soon as we oh get home, gosh. we'll pack up and we'll just move away. Please don't leave. Please don't go. Please don't leave me. He knew I was. He knew I was done. It was almost like a near-death experience. I know it sounds dramatic. Um, I think for both of us, it put things in perspective. And that's why he felt the way he felt. And that's why in my mind, I feel like I wanted to shut the truth out about everything and just almost pretend that he was this good person, that person I saw. Shortly after Athena and Ben came back from their honeymoon in Italy, Athena called me one afternoon and I could tell that she was upset. And she shares with me that Ben confessed to having an affair with a woman from Canada. I just could not believe this. It just made me sick to my stomach that this man, after everything he'd already done up till the time of the wedding, was only thinking about himself, his own selfish needs and wants, with not one thought to what he had just done to my daughter, begging for forgiveness again. It just made me sick. 
During my and Ben's engagement, I had grown my company so quickly that I decided to join forces with an old friend and open up a full-service lash extension boutique in downtown Kirkland. Thankfully, I had a wonderful staff who took great care of my clients while I was gone those two weeks. The day after we arrived home from Italy, Ben and I were right back to work the following day. I was happy to be back to work. I cheerfully said my hellos and hugged everyone. On my lunch break, I was handed a note from the front desk receptionist. The note said to please call this woman back at my earliest convenience. I, of course, recognized the name right away. Holy shit. It's the Canadian mistress. My adrenaline is pounding. And my best friend who works with me is thankfully right by my side as all of this goes down. She asked me if I should wait until after I'm done for the day before calling her back, but we both knew that I would not be able to wait that long. I pick up my phone and I dial her number. She answers right away. She first starts off by telling me that she wants to apologize to me and that she was completely fooled by Ben. She says that after not hearing from him for five days, she said she started to look into what I told her. Next, she tells me that she had found my Facebook page and saw the wedding photos and that we had a daughter. She said she saw the dates and knew that I was being honest this entire time. Well, it looks like my plan had worked. I asked her what happened between them. I told her I wanted to know everything. I knew I needed to know everything, no matter how painful, so that he could not twist the story or manipulate me with his lies. She told me about how they met in Vegas, and she admitted they slept together a few times on that trip, and that he said he was single and had no children. She said she even hung out with him and his friends and stayed the night in Ben and his friend's hotel room. Those friends were either in her wedding or attended the wedding. Doug, Ben's friend and groomsman, had stood there before God and promised to stand by both of us to help our marriage grow with love and respect for one another. What a crock of shit. They were clearly all a bunch of lying, cheating, despicable men. They all knew the truth this entire time. I'm sure Doug told Jenny what had happened and she kept Ben's secret from me as well. I was absolutely disgusted with all of them. I wanted nothing to do with Ben or any of those people ever again. She's like, thank you so much for calling me. I'm so, so sorry. So I apologize. Like he fooled me. Then she goes on bragging about how he obviously has good taste because we're both beautiful and successful businesswomen. I see that you own this company. I'm like thinking, okay. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean to be a mean girl, but don't compare me right now to you after you were just fucking my husband. Cause that doesn't feel exactly. good either. Oh yeah, you know, you don't want to be compared to the site. We're chick. not the same. No, no, no. And we're I felt same. that same way when all the girls came out of the woodwork. I was like, don't put yourself on the same level as me. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not. I know. And it's true, like he fooled her and he lied to her and he did those things to me, but that's not what we want to hear. It's to, it's just, it doesn't sit well. <laughs> The last thing you want well, to it, it almost feels like backhanded and disrespectful. Yeah. Like you didn't live with him. You didn't have a family with him. You didn't have years of memories. You have a weekend in Vegas and some phone calls. And then have... after you were such a bitch, now you want to be yeah. with me. Now you'd be like chummy, chummy best friends. Before I left work, I printed off divorce papers through the King County court website. 
my best friend Tara, who had been there for me through thick and thin, promised that she would be there every step of the way and that she would help me get through this divorce. With a divorce paperwork in hand, I head home and I strategize a plan to make sure I had everything in order before I tell Ben that I knew everything and that I was filing for divorce. I played it smart and within a few days, I was ready to drop the bomb on Ben. I sat him down and told him that the woman from Vegas had called me and she told me everything. I told him that we were over and then I handed him a copy of the divorce documents. Of course, Ben begins to beg and plead for me not to do this. Next, he uses Sydney as an excuse and tells me that I would ruin her life if I divorced him. He makes up a bunch of excuses to explain his actions. I didn't care what Ben had to say. I was done. Got everything in order, got everything filled out. Just really was cautious about my funds, making sure that everything was separated. Never changed your last name. I had all that ready to go and I just didn't. It was right that week I was going to. Nope. It's a lot of work to change all that shit too. So oh yeah. Bad. If it, if so it you guys never more days. I would have had my last name changed, my driver's license, and you never commingled finances. No, I did not trust him enough to do that. Was there any like rebuttal on his? Um, Please no. Like, or was he just kind of defeated and he was going to do this? He was defeated, and that's when he went into poor me sad mode. Depressed, poor me. Yeah. I think it maybe dawned on him that, like, this means he won't see his child every day. And so, yeah. No, he got, like, and his pride. And people will find out what he did. In the back of my mind lingered the words that he had said to me that if I ever tried to break up our family, he would take Sydney and leave and flee the country and live in Mexico. This was not a joke. Ben was completely serious. Multiple memories also start to flood my mind regarding the way that he has treated Daisy and his estranged relationship with Opal. I wondered if he would treat me the exact same way and start calling CPS on me to make me look like a bad mother. After I presented him with the divorce papers, I felt like he had lost his mind. The following Monday, as I am getting my hair done by my girlfriend Bray, I get a phone call from work from our front desk employee. She tells me that Tara hadn't shown up for work and that she noticed that a lot of her personal belongings were gone from her treatment room. I immediately call my business partner to see if she knows anything. She goes and looks in the cabinet where we keep our employee information, signed non-compete contracts, and employee licenses, and sees that Tara's file is gone. What the fuck is going on? my best friend through thick and thin we were always together to my back when this woman called through all this she tried to help me find out everything and you know i just i gave her a job i always made so sure she was a lash like a lash yeah. at mm-hmm. your salon and you had I, no idea she was I had secretly- so many clients so i had these really high-end clients coming and she had good work and so i would give them to her and made sure she was taking care of and making good money. I gave her this beautiful schedule so she could be with her daughter. We had daughters the same age, our oldest. I call Tara and she tells me that she decided to leave and open up her own independent company. She says that she couldn't tell me in advance because she knew that we would have to let her go. I am in complete shock. I cannot believe that my best friend would lie and hide something like this from me. I call the front desk of the boutique and I tell my employee to start calling all of Tara's clients and get them rescheduled with someone else. 
15 minutes later, I get a text from her saying that Tara's clients don't want to reschedule and that they are all following her to her new location. Approximately 30 clients. That is a massive financial loss for our company. We had just expanded our space, which doubled our rent. I start to cry, and my girlfriend Bray tries to console me. She cannot believe what's happening to me either. I leave the salon and I walk to my car to drive home. I can't think straight. I don't feel anything. I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. For her to do what she did, she snuck behind my back, found a new place, opened up her own company and stole all those clients. And I had said to her a few weeks prior, maybe a month prior, uh, my business partner and I, we just said, are you unhappy? We felt like she was going through stuff. Mm. And we know that you're a go-getter. We wanted to have more and that's why we did this. And if there's any point that you feel like you want more, you want to leave or you want something else you want to grow in the company, just come to us and tell us. We're, fr we're all friends and just tell us. We won't be mad at you if, if you do it the right way. Like when I left my large company, when I worked at Pro Sports Club, I left, I did not take one client. No, because that's the ethical thing to do. And she, she took, did it in a really shady it. way. And then right? she had already schemed and partnered with my other employee who was my old client gave her a job what four days later this happens i feel so alone so betrayed those two were my go-to people and think about um, all those things he just did to me right amber yeah all those hurtful things he just did and within weeks or months he is telling the most disgusting horrible fake stories about me and on top of everything else she finds out that her friend has gone behind her back, opened up her own company, and was trying to secretly take their clientele and move on by herself. I just could not fathom that she would do such a thing. After all those two girls had been through, and after everything Athena's just gone through, this is the last thing that she needed to hear, that her friend had stabbed her in the back. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. Hence the fact that I found the burner phone on top of the refrigerator. I thought in this segment, we should talk about tech clues to a cheating spouse. If you want more details, you can go to techlicious.com and Susanna Cantra writes an amazing article about tech clues that give away if your partner's cheating. All right. Well, let's see. The calls on your spouse's cell phone. Are there numerous calls to numbers you don't recognize, especially at odd hours of the day or night? You can do what I did with the woman in Canada and just simply enter the phone number into a Google search engine box and see what pops up. Also, I mean, if you're not recognizing the names and numbers, chances are that there might be something up incriminating text messages and emails. Text messages and emails are the modern means of sending love letters, and your spouse may have kept them on his or her phone for ongoing enjoyment. Be sure to check the deleted items or trash folder. People frequently let their discarded emails linger for weeks before they are permanently erased. Also, look for secondary messaging apps like Snapchat or WhatsApp. Next, let's talk about voicemail messages. Perhaps your partner chose to save a couple of the steamy ones for later playback. And if your partner uses your carrier visual voicemail feature, the messages may be backed up online. Frequent flyer account. 
Did your spouse purchase an extra ticket with miles? Or are there frequent flyer miles for a trip to New York when they were supposed to be in Seattle? You may be able to log into your spouse's account online if their login info is stored in the browser or password bank. Otherwise, check their email for their monthly statement. Okay, let's talk about the toll pass history. So if you use like an easy pass or anything that is put up into your window to basically pay your tolls while driving, a lot of the time there'll be an online statement and it'll also show where that person's been. So if you're worried about where they might be going, you might wanna take a peek on there to see if the areas that these tolls are accruing lines up to the places that they are telling you that they are going. Location history, I mean, if you share your location with your partner, checking here and there to see if they are actually where they say they are might put your mind at rest. Another way to verify location of your partner would be looking at the destinations inside your spouse's navigation system in their vehicle. It normally has a history with a list of addresses. And lastly, now if you find a second cell phone or a second SIM card, uh, yeah, you most likely have an issue there. People slip up occasionally. So if your spouse calls you from a cell phone number that you don't recognize, that may be a cause for suspicion. Now, before engaging in any electronic snooping, be aware that there are strong federal and state electronic eavesdropping and hacking laws in place to protect our privacy. Using some of these clues while you're actually with this person is one thing. Now, putting spyware on during a divorce or tracking somebody is going a bit overboard. So be very cautious what you do. And if all else fails, consult a lawyer for more advice. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. I called his cell phone. He didn't answer. The owner of the company answers. And that's when he asks me all those questions. And I was floored. There was no way he wasn't going to get caught. That do It doesn't even make sense. He I must know. have been on a major manic episode. He was pretending to have this great job, had medical benefits. I'm going to divorce him. He's trying to sound enticing. He's fucking crazy. I mean... You even took the mattress off your bed and he sat there and slept on the box spring? He was threatening to kill himself nonstop. Take a bunch of pills, just saying, like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna kill myself. I try to get a hold of Lexus to stop her from walking in the house. He runs upstairs and he says he's gonna go kill himself. He has all these pills he's gonna swallow. I just couldn't even fucking believe that he had killed them. I, the, the male officer stayed down with me. The female went upstairs and talked to him. She came back downstairs and started putting me in my place. What the fuck is happening? And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.